From the capital city, I'm Jordan Lewis. The 74th Gold Medal Basketball Tournament is happening in Juneau this whole week. As usual, the tournament is being held at Juneau Douglas High School. Yesterday was the fifth day of the tournament and began at 10 a.m. There are only two days left in the tournament altogether. The game started with the Masters Bracket game between Huna and Sitka, with Huna taking the win 64-45. Then it was the W Bracket Cake versus Angoon. Angoon won 54-51, eliminating the W Bracket team for cake. After that was the C-bracket game, Huna versus Angoon, who last faced each other on the first day of gold medal. Huna won 79-33, taking out Angoon's C-bracket team. Haynes versus Angoon quickly followed, with Angoon taking the win 54-51. A break was taken, and the evening was the W-bracket, with Prince of Wales facing off against Yakutat. Prince of Wales won 53-44. Game 34 was Kluckwan versus Philcom, and the C-bracket Philcom won 78-63. Next up was Gino vs. Heidelberg, and Gino took another win, 86-70. The final game of the day was Gino versus Kluckwan. Both teams went into that game undefeated, but ended with Gino taking another win, 48-39. KNY is broadcasting live with play-by-plays throughout the week. Coming up in today's games, there's Haynes vs. Angoon, Kluckwan vs. Huna for the M bracket, Kluckwan vs. Huna for the C bracket, and Heidelberg vs. Prince of Wales. Superintendent Bridget Weiss for the Juno School District joined Action Line yesterday. Dr. Weiss gives details into about $269,000 that was scammed out of the Juno School District in December of 2022. We were basically scammed by someone who impostered one of our vendors. Of course, we have protocols in place. We have you know checks and balances. When we received the the scam. We did take one precautionary step, but as good scammers do, they had gone one step further and were prepared for that. And so we did end up making a couple payments to the the scammer. Here is a way that you know school district is attempting to prevent scams like this from taking place. The other thing that is important to know is that we do uh, cyber attack uh, safety security training um, as a district, and we do that every year. Each of our employees is required to do a training to protect us. Uh, we also have some internal systems built into some of our email to our email system where people can report what looks like a phishing attack. We send out testers uh, throughout the year to see if people are responding and watching. And if not, then we retrain. So we monitor how well we are guarded against some of these attacks. They've added more layers to their internal controls, so they're more protected. And they're also looking into insurance to cover scams. Dr. Weiss shares what's happened this week with the base student allocation in the Bill House Education Committee. Currently sits at a, a different approach where the BSA would increase over the course of the next two years. So currently with the current amendments, it's some increase in FY24 and then additional in FY25, a total over those two years of an $800 increase over the $30 that we know is committed for next year. You know, we're encouraged it has a ways to go yet. Now it will go in front of the House Finance Committee. Lots of opportunity yet for variations to come out, but we are encouraged at this point. Dr. Weiss will also be leaving her position as the Juno School Superintendent on June 30th. The board is entertaining three candidates this weekend in Juno. Interviews will begin this upcoming Monday and Tuesday.
I do want to let people know that there are bios on our website. So if people want to meet these three candidates in advance, those bios are on the junoschools.org website, along with videos, uh, a quick 15-minute video or so of each one answering some questions, and a survey is there. Coming up next on News of the North with Jazz Garrett, the Port of Skagway is preparing for this summer's cruise season. This year is special because the port is now the Port of Skagway instead of White Pass. On Tuesday, Governor Dunleavy discussed a spring revenue forecast and gave budget updates. And John Crowther, Deputy Commissioner of the Alaska Department of Natural Resources, spoke more on the Willow Project. All that next on News of the North. You are listening to News of the North. The Port of Skagway is preparing for this summer's cruise season. This year is special because their port is now the Port of Skagway instead of the White Pass. Jamie Bricker is a tourism director in Skagway and she shares the details. We are planning for around 1.2 million cruise passengers. It'll be our biggest year ever and we hit those projected numbers, so very exciting. They are less than a month away from their first ship. April 18th is the Norwegian Bliss. It'll be the first cruise ship that Skagway has under its new port management structure, which is kind of exciting. White Pass of the municipality of Skagway had a lease for the waterfront for 55 years, and that came to an end last week. So the municipality of Skagway is running the Broadway dock and the Ore dock. Um, so we are planning for a port dedication ceremony the day after our first ship. Skagway is also getting ready for their spring festival. Actually, that first ship week in April, we have a community clean sweep and everybody goes out and you know picks up garbage that's blown around because it's so windy here in the winter. Meanwhile, Juno's first ship day is April 17th. On Tuesday, Governor Dunleavy discussed a spring revenue forecast and gave budget updates. He says this is the beginning of the public process. The PFD filing deadline is next Friday, March 31st. Governor Dunleavy talked about this year's PFD. We have a full PFD statute uh uh, request by myself that we submit with our budget. Discussions coming out of the Senate, uh, and we'll know, you know, uh, we'll know sooner or later if it's going to be a 75-25, if it's going to be a 50-50. We saw what the House has done is a 50-50. I, like I've always said, I believe that uh, we should do everything we can to keep as much money in the hands of the people. Uh, many others believe that uh, we've got to take a look at the PFD in order to help balance the budget. So those discussions will ensue. So you've got three different approaches to the PFD. He says he will do everything and anything he can to monetize resources for the benefits of Alaskans. However, we were approached by the private sector about a year and a half ago that we may have an opportunity in not just our forest to monetize our forest, but also in our basins in Cook Inlet and up on the slope. And a third potential is our uh, mariculture industry that some of those uh, some of those leases could be uh, leased by individuals or companies that want to grow uh, kelp for the purpose of sequestering carbon. So as we know, carbon has become an issue for many people in the world. We've been approached by outfits that want to monetize carbon in Alaska, both in our trees, our forests, both in our basin and in our basins, and also uh, to a lesser extent at this stage of the game off of our coast. Governor Dunleavy gives the current budget forecasts. The FY23 forecast is down from the fall from about $246 million less. And then our FY24 forecast is down approximately $680 million from the forecasts. And then, of course, the question will always come up, uh, what about vetoes? 
Governor, are you going to contemplate vetoes? The power of veto is pretty explicit in the Constitution. And if you look at the conversations that the framers of the Constitution had uh, when they were putting the Constitution get together, they wanted a very strong executive. Alaska has the strongest executive branch by Constitution in the country. And so I have exercised my veto power in the past. I will continue to to uh, to use it in the future if we need to, to make sure that we get the budget within a range that's acceptable to the legislature and the people of Alaska. John Crowther, Deputy Commissioner of the Alaska Department of Natural Resources, said the scale of projects like Willow, which is on federal lands in the National Petroleum Reserve Alaska and was approved by the Biden administration last week, is tremendous and would benefit Alaska. He also lumped in as significant the Pika Oil Project, which is on state lands east of the Petroleum Reserve. But he also said multi-billion dollar multi-year projects are complex and there is, quote, significant runway for the ConocoPhillips Alaska-backed Willow Project to get to the development and production stages. Australia-based Santos is working with Repsol to advance the PICA project. State tax officials on Thursday provided lawmakers an analysis of potential revenue impacts and benefits from Willow for the state treasury, but noted uncertainty around the estimates, including when the project ultimately might begin, oil price volatility, and industry costs. Never miss a story or a newscast at KINYradio.com. Now you're up to date. I'm Jazz Garrett for News of the North.